0: Welcome to the WAN Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and this is the show where we talk to networking experts about the data services that make business possible. So one of the earliest and most persistent use cases for SD-WAN has been the ability to utilize alternative connectivity options like internet, fixed wireless. Um, We've seen in our WAN Manager survey data since 2018 uh, that we've been running that survey. MPLS has been losing ground uh, to other wireline alternatives like DIA and broadband. Over that same time period, uh, wireless has grown uh, a, a little bit, but it's it's still relatively small. We see uh, just under one in ten offices on average have a wireless connection of of some kind. Now, I personally really expect to see that increase significantly over the next few years, particularly as we see fixed wireless five G plans. Uh, emerge on the on the market, um, but uh, I have today with me an expert on all things wireless uh, for the enterprise, who's going to take us through that transition and and how uh, we we might see that emerge. So very happy to have on the show Ivan Landon, who is the founder and CEO of Blue Wireless. Welcome, Ivan. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, yeah, great to be here. Excellent. So as I almost always do on the show, I wonder if you could start off with just a brief background on yourself and then uh, how you came to found Blue Wireless. Sure can, yes. Um, so myself, yes,
1: uh, Ivan or Ivan, I'm, I'm originally Dutch, uh, but yeah, the last uh, 20, almost 20 yeah. plus years I've, I've spent in, in Asia, uh, mostly in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And i um, been in telco all my life. And, um, you know, after uh you know always working in local access uh, for for most of my professional career uh, in 2015 we thought hey you know now is the time to to try to do this better and uh, with the emergence of uh, 4g back then uh we said hey this is mm-hmm. the time to uh, to start uh, a new concept to to really make uh, you know fixed wireless or wireless access something that is uh, reliable and consistent and and something that enterprises can use so that was really the uh, the start of Blue Wireless, um, and you know it seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, it's, it's seven years ago, mm-hmm. where we uh, in in that meantime, yeah, built up the company globally. Um, I'm currently in the Netherlands, actually, but we have offices in in Australia, in the U.S., uh, in Malaysia, uh, and 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 what we do is uh, yeah is help customers with uh, with fixed wireless connectivity. And that's um, still, as you said, a, a relatively new concept, but it's uh, it's accelerating the uh, the
0: adoption. Yeah. So if you if you started this uh, seven years ago, that that was really uh, f- for the idea of an LTE market. Five G was was. Uh, Maybe a nascent idea at some engineering kind of uh, consortiums back then, but but certainly yep. not a thing, right? So, yeah. No, it was still
1: the, the 3G area, and I think in the beginning, mm. you know, people were like, "Well, that's for mobile phones, and and right. how does that work?" And uh, dropped calls, you know, that that was kind of the right. perception. Right. Which, but, uh,
0: yeah. You know, um, yeah, a lot has changed in that uh, in those last seven years. Absolutely. And, and I promise from now on, I'll call you Yvonne, not yeah, I have two first names, so I'm used to just sort of answering to anything that anyone comes up with. <laughs> <Thank you>. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, you know, um, I, as I kind of uh, alluded to in, in our wind manager survey results at the top of the show there, you know, historically, many of the enterprises that we talked to, Wireless is a kind of background technology. It's there maybe as a connectivity option of last resort, maybe as a secondary or tertiary kind of line um, when wireless or when wireline, excuse me, was was just too expensive or difficult. Um, do you think enterprises should start to rethink that positioning of wireless now as maybe a a connectivity of first resort or a primary connection?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot has changed in that time. I mean, one is the technology, of course, right? Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a huge difference between 3, 4 and, and 5G. Um, but apart from technology, I think it's the uh, it, it's the development of SD-WAN, right? Where you you know you, the, the connectivity is one, and and um, you know you need to, to to optimize your connectivity options. So um, yeah, initially most of of the demand was definitely for backup last resort. Um, but if we we look at the deployment now, I would say probably half of our uh, connections that we deploy are for primary use, and mm-hmm. that is. Um, it's it's a, it's a large uh, spectrum of of, of customers, um, you know. On one side, you have the customers that want flexibility, right? They're mm-hmm. in good locations. They could order a fixed line, but they don't want to um, mm-hmm. because they're in retail. They have pop up, they have, you know, ever changing requirements. And this is basically just bring your own Internet, right? Right. Um, and on the other side of the scale, we have customers in, in, in mining in energy in difficult locations where it is just too difficult to get fixed lines, uh, too expensive. Um, they're on satellite and, you know, hey, LTE is here and is actually much faster and cheaper and, and more reliable than, than the alternatives. So, uh, yeah, today we do wind farms, solar farms, fish farms, uh, you name it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's their lifeline. That's their connection to the outside world and they run their business on it.
0: Right. Absolutely. You know, there was um, uh, one case that I can think of, uh, uh, a large retailer, um, a global retailer that uh, has a lot of, uh, obviously, uh, sort of outlets in, in shopping malls and whatnot, where you tend to have uh, broadband um, uh, under contract with with the the building developer, the owner, yeah. and uh, you don't have the opportunity to get any other broadband alternatives, and so you're stuck with like a sort of monopolistic provider. Unless uh, you can employ wireless, and so after they adopted SD-WAN, they went with a wireless first uh, because they really didn't like their broadband options, um, which I, I think was th- this was several years ago now, and is something that I, I think we can probably expect to see happening more often. Is is that uh, similar to what you're seeing? absolutely and we've
1: you know i mean especially in asia i've been you know selling internet access in countries like indonesia and all kinds of places where basically building mm-hmm. management we're holding you know um exactly. uh, tenants hostage right and, and you need to pay two thousand dollars a month for some riser access or something silly um but also on the other side you know i mean we have airports and other locations where there, there is wi-fi it's like hey well there's some some corporate wi-fi but it's just not suitable for um for wan connectivity because mm-hmm. yeah, it, it looks cheap. Like, hey, there's some free Wi-Fi here, but uh, you cannot run your business on that. So right. again, this you know this whole notion that um, yeah, you, 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 customers want flexibility. They want to be able to look to to use the access options that are available, and LTE is definitely one of the contenders now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of speed, in terms of reliability, I mean, the way we 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 position it to customers is that it's um, it's a broadband service. Definitely better than than cable uh, or, or, or uh, copper broadband,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, you know, not net to the level uh, of, of fiber broadband, right? right so that's right, kind of right. where where it kind of fits in the spectrum at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's maybe always been a little bit of a no-brainer when you have uh, the kinds of things you mentioned, you know, windmills or, uh, you know, fish farms or that sort of thing where... Digging a trench would be, you know, maybe several hundred thousand U.S. dollars, whereas putting up a, a ha, what's your your kind of price comparison? When when does that uh, that uh, balance tip um, uh, in terms of uh, you know putting up a fixed wireless antenna, having mm. a mobile tower nearby? Um, ha, what kind of uh, deltas have you seen, kind of between oh, I the mean- uh, you know digging a trench and 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 uh, procuring wireless? Oh, it's it's
1: it's mostly those conversions we see from satellite, where customers mm, used to be on mm-hmm. a you know five thousand mm-hmm. dollar a month link, and they now go to a five hundred dollars a month link, but they right. go from five twelve k to fifty meg. <laughs> right. So it's a right. double That's double, right? You spend mm-hmm. times less, and you get ten times more. So yeah, it's a no brainer for
0: a lot of these customers to say, yeah, we need to you know we need to update. Mm-hmm. And it, and just in terms of process, how Blue Wireless works, I think um, mm. it maybe get a little bit uh, deeper dive of that. I, I, and a lot of folks listening to the show, if if not almost all of them, right, are are going to be familiar with kind of the Experio aggregator model. Yep. Um, uh, is, is it very similar to that in terms of you know they're not uh, you are are procuring loops for them, managing the loops for them, uh, and I guess they're not loops anymore. But yeah, yeah. So is yeah. is that essentially how it works? Absolutely.
1: So what we do, we we try to deliver a consistent service uh, and now is available in 80 countries. So, you know, whether you're in Asia, you're in Europe or in Americas, we can deliver wireless access in all these countries. And, you know, similar like internet aggregators, we use local mobile operator networks, of course, to establish that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what it means is that if you're in Australia, yeah, we have three networks available for you, you know, Telstra, Optus, uh, Voda. If you're in the US, we have others. In each country, we have at least two and and often three or four options. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what we do as part of the provisioning process is that we actually... Uh, you know, optimize the uh, deployment. So we look first, hey, where are you located? What are the towers there? We've got some tools that allow us to basically upfront already tell you what's the speed, what's the performance you can expect. Um, And then once we deliver it, you know, through our our installation process, we make sure that we have a guaranteed speed for that particular Mm -hmm. location. And, and that's a very important element. What we've seen for customers is that uh, reliability is key for enterprise customers, um, right. And although there's all these these crazy technologies out there like, yeah, well, we do uh, one gig, three gig on 5G. I mean, that's great for, <laughs> you know, for consumers.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think most businesses are still in the, you know, especially branch connectivity is still in the, the 10 to 100 meg uh, range right. and, and right. For sure. reliability yeah. is key. So. And I think this is also one thing that um, we've seen as you as 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 we kind of move out of the mobile, you know, space where this kind of comes from, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know where wireless access is not it's not about the SIM card; it is about you know making sure that the whole service works, you know, that it's properly aligned, properly installed, and uh, gives that same performance as as a
0: fixed line does. Right, right. That's the key. Yeah, and and you know, sort of taking away that pain I mean something I've talked about often in in the broadband kind of ISP world is folks have adopted SD-WAN and, and moved to a more internet uh, centered WAN strategy. Suddenly, you might need to have folks who speak a bunch of different languages, you know, much like in the, the ISP world, especially actually in the mobile world because of licensing uh, being managed by national governments. You really have to go. There are very few providers like Vodafone that even operate in, in multiple countries. Is, is that, uh, that part of your experience as well?
1: Yeah, so I mean, if you put it in kind of the the evolution, right? I mean, the mobile. I mean, everybody's familiar with that, right? SIM cards. You put mm-hmm. them in your phone. Of course, in the last right. ten years, we had a lot in the um, the M two M, right? IoT. So right. it's a SIM card that you can use everywhere. Um, that's great if you just need a sensor or whatever, right? Something that is small, uh, something that's flexible, and and yeah, the likes of the global carriers like Voda and and others have those those services. Mm-hmm. But but wireless access, is it's not about a SIM card that, that is roaming constantly. It's about right. a local connection that is optimized mm-hmm. for that local branch. So obviously, if you're in Australia, I mean, to use the same example again, you want to mm-hmm. have a local Telstra connection, right? It has a right. local a Telstra IP address, works out locally, same as your local loop would do. You would not mm-hmm. be wanted to use a American SIM card that uh, needs to travel around the world to break out you know, in the U.S. Um, so sorry, yeah, it's a bit exactly. technical, but I think this is the, the example yeah, where, yeah. and and so I think what we usually, you know, we try to explain to customers: look, this is not mobile, this is not IoT M 2 M, this is wireless access, which is something different than uh, yeah what most customers are are, are used to uh, so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the the key distinction to make. Certainly, I mean, it it is still the case when we talk to a lot of enterprises, and you you talk about. Mobile to them it means you know um, handsets and and tablets and, yes. and things like that or you know IoT and and um, and again you know th- this this being that sort of um, a, a connectivity option of last resort and and that's kind of a, a mindset that needs to change when there are these uh, kind of alternatives available especially when it's also the case that most enterprises I talk to to you know depending on the, the vertical and whatnot. Um, once they've deployed SD-WAN are, are really interested in having maybe two, three, even four connections um, yeah. at, at a lot of sites. Um, and so you, you run out of, of diverse options if you're sticking to, to Wireline only, uh, even at that, right? Is, is, is that uh, something that customers have come to you with? Yes. So, I mean, the beauty of, of, of wireless, I mean, it's, you know, LTE
1: 5G is that there, there's already the built-in resilience, right? And mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, customers are, 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 are really impressed about the availability numbers that we're able to deliver because, because you know, it's a managed service. It means there's a portal. We can see how every site is up and there's lots of sites who are up 100% every year. Mm-hmm. Um, because even think about it, how often is your, your phone down, right? Right, right. It's not. Yeah, if you not if you don't move it,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because w- when we talked to to WAN managers at, at the onset of of you know the the global pandemic, um, that, yeah. that was a comment that a lot of them had that they they some of them actually gave out instructions uh, to their workers who were working from home for the first time yeah. of how to set up a hotspot on their phone if the, if their wireline uh, was down, especially. Some local, uh, you know, uh, ISPs hadn't engineered for everyone being home with their kids yeah. home and all that, you know. So, so they had to to just inform people how you could actually use your mobile as as a, a kind of, uh, you know, uh, a pseudo fixed wireless, right? So. Yeah,
1: it's it's the first it's it's the first step, right? It's the first level. Mm-hmm. That's what most of yeah. us, you know, started doing already a few years ago, and yeah. you know, most people nowadays even they switch to their mobile, you know, to four G, five G. Uh, rather than Wi-Fi because it's faster. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So
1: um, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of resilience already built into into the LTE networks. Um, that is great. And and on top of that, what we do in our deployments as Blue Wireless is that we um, put every every device out there with uh, with dual SIM. So mm-hmm. uh, even if you're your primary, you know tower would go down next door there's always a secondary semi-secondary network that you can access Mm -hmm. so it has a lot of built-in redundancy as the service itself and is definitely redundant from you know any wired connections that that customers might have at the location
0: yeah that's that's an interesting thought too there so with with a a wireline connection there's there's a bunch of things that somebody can back into a telephone pole someone can dig a trench but also the facility it that that uh, terminates at can go down whereas it's a, a little bit more resilient in, in the wireless market if you have a tower go down you can redirect yourself to another tower i suppose it it goes automatically actually so yeah. there's already a lot of built-in so
1: yeah a lot of customers um yeah it, it switches over in case it would be something else.
0: yeah, yeah. All right, now Ivan, I, I uh, this is something I didn't uh, sort of indicate ahead of time that I would ask you about. So feel free to to uh, to not uh, want to speak on this. But yeah. uh, are you watching the the LEO low Earth orbit kind of market develop? Do you see anything interesting from an aggregator kind of standpoint? There is that uh, you, you mentioned that as folks switch to a wireless option. Um, It's sometimes away from a satellite option. Those have historically been very low bandwidths and very expensive. There are a couple of billionaires out there trying to change that. Uh, A lot of people are skeptical about, um, uh, you know, the the long-term sort of efficacy of that. But is Mm. is that something that you would um, sort of follow track, um, think that is interesting for the enterprise market in the long run? Absolutely. It's
1: interesting. And, you know, I mean, LTE is improving constantly with 5G, but also satellite is improving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great development, I think, for enterprise customers. You need more choice. You need more options. And, right. you know, even for us, we, we, we don't say that wireless is the solution for everything. But having that ability to kind of mix and match and say, hey, you know, I'm here. What are my options? That I think is a, is a very important one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on on all the new stuff that's coming as well. Um, whether it's uh, Elon Musk or whoever doesn't matter. Um, yeah we, we still need more connectivity <laughs> it's yeah. uh, is not ending yeah
0: yeah and and, and certainly with, with you know sort of the the bringing the cost down for the deployment right is was the key there but also that there you know have uh, new technologies. Uh, in terms of having much greater throughputs from what I understand from your sort of, uh, you know, satellites of old. So it's definitely something I want to stay on top of because I I think that could be a game changer as, as enterprises increasingly go to you know, kind of internet first uh, for, for their WAN as well. Yep. Uh, so even, uh, you know, um, you guys have been doing this for seven years. So I'm sure you have a lot of uh, interesting examples. You don't have to name names uh, or anything if, if you're not free to. But I wonder if you could take us through uh, maybe a, a case study or two of someone, you know, who, who came to you with some connectivity issues and, and what you came up with uh, as a solution.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, one of our, our kind of... First, um, I mean, we started out in Asia, right? And and mm-hmm. retail in Asia is is a big thing. Right. Yes, <laughs> um, indeed. You know, yeah. They're well known for their malls and, and and beautiful shopping centers. So, one of our uh, yeah first large customers that we deployed across Asia is um is a Coach, which is the handbag uh, mm-hmm. you know the U.S. brand, and yeah, we deployed uh, almost 400 connections across what is it, like 12 countries. Oh, um mm-hmm. And and um, well, I think there's, a, there's probably about 500 by now installed, but the, you know, I, I think the challenge and the reason why, you know, they like the approach that that we have is that, you know, whether you're in Japan or in Malaysia, it was the same approach. It's the same device. Of course, it uses a different 4G network. But right. we have that consistency. And I think that is one thing that, that a lot of customers like, say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter where I want. I want I want things to work the same, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a common theme in a lot of um, global enterprises, no matter what part of the IT you look at. You don't want, you know, uh, Apple laptops here and, and and Microsoft there, right? You want one way. And and I think for access, uh, it's the same thing. You want things to work the same way. And that was something that we were able to deliver by standardizing, you um, and this is really where you know we had a really huge help from from our technology partner which is Cradlepoint um, mm-hmm. because you know those devices you know work everywhere
0: right which right.
1: is also you know as initially you know uh, modems were kind of geared towards one country right which was right. Um, you know annoying but now we're really in the in the phase where you know this equipment and this approach works everywhere and what we do is, is standardize that so um yeah, I mean, from um, all these shops, they got the same connectivity,
0: and that that mm-hmm. is one of our uh, yeah success stories. And and I uh, you you bring up a good point. I think that that's worth highlighting, even if if it might be um, sort of basic. But that I assume this is really plug and play. So you you have your partnership with Cradle Point. The, your uh, deployment, so to speak, is is shipping boxes out to all of these locations uh, with um, some some brief instructions and turning them on. Right? Is is there more to it than that? Oh absolutely yeah so the good thing is that you know the Cradlepoint Point platform and you
1: know gives gives a great foundation from a technology point of view right so it has all the the hardware software so that that's a good starting point but what really, and this is really our job, is to really make sure that this works in every single location. So mm-hmm. because every location is different, there's different uh, networks. Uh, so we had multiple networks to choose from, different SIM cards. So the local deployment is really the hardest part. Um, right. And, you know, yeah, especially if multiple countries, multiple languages, uh, rollout schedules, it's all that usual stuff that that really takes most of the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing is that the technology, you know, has now come to the level where it is really working everywhere. Uh, now we just need to make sure that we implement it in a way that it's, um, you know, that it, uh, it, it, works right first time. Right. And, and that's our job, um, getting on a site, um, it's surprising, actually, just a side thing here, because, you know, even when we rolled the business out, we thought, well, most customers probably want us, you know, want, uh, to get the device sent to them, right. And they plug it in themselves, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cheap and, and easy. But the reality is that I think 95% of the installations we do, they want a field engineer. Interesting. And,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, that is something that, again, that, that, that kind of feeds back into what enterprises they wanted, reliability and stability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is more important than you know saving a few hundred dollars and and doing it yourself, yeah. Yeah. because like anything that you want to install in a in a site, it has to work for the next few years, you know, without without fail. So, mm-hmm. um, what we do as part of our our test and turn up process is make sure that everything is is properly tuned, documented, uh, photos and everything. And that also means that in life we can support it. So every single device we track mm-hmm. and monitor, and if anything happens, you know we know exactly what to do, and remotely can 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 do the uh, the
0: troubleshooting. Right, but cool. but so you you do have boots on the ground for you know in, in a, across a lot of these countries, and, and can deploy folks to to help this get set up. Exactly.
1: So there's there's tons of field engineers that we have engaged to to you know to actually do that and go to the site and then together with a knock engineer on our end. So that's always the one two combination where these guys right. are on site. They plug in the cables, make sure everything, and then we monitor and test and
0: uh, and turn up the service remotely. Yeah, because I mean that 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 is often a fear uh, from from the WAN manager perspective. IT infrastructure teams uh, can be a bit thin and right. Yeah. You know, so Absolutely. so. Um, and yeah, getting things it to, to the play. store manager
1: you're like well you know mm-hmm. if you, you talk about retail stores they don't know what to do so right. you know and yeah the trend again in, I, in 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 IT what we see is anything as a service right so right. you pay one time an MRC and it just needs to work so that's that's our trademark you know it's it's uh, it's worry free connectivity
0: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, so that's, a, that's a, an interesting use case. The retail, it's, it's funny because that, that was the one that came to mind for me. That uh, I had seen a case study on, on this a while ago. Uh, and, and Any yeah. other particular case studies worth highlighting?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I think that's what I mentioned earlier on the other side of the spectrum. We, um, well, we, we do a lot in energy. So wind farms, mm-hmm. we have quite a few of those. Um, but, but also, we're now taking it further into the next level, which is maritime so um again satellite is of course the default on on right. on any chips, right um but they're adding lte uh, 5g to make sure that they have an extra access option once they're close to shore um mm-hmm. so sdwan is now also making their way into into ships and that's uh, that's a very interesting yeah. thing yeah which is again it's a new dimension uh and again giving that flexibility and and you know it's 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 ideal for sdwan because then you can say hey what's what's my uh, options available Right, what's the better well, connection I'm, right now? What's the better this? connection? And if you're in port right. you know, import, oh, LTE is the, is the better and mm-hmm. cheaper connection. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's usually what we've learned from, um, so we're doing one large deployment for a Dutch uh, uh, global shipping company is that, you know, 80% of that traffic is actually when they're close to shore. Because right. that's yeah. when all yeah. the, the, everybody's downloading their new movies, they're all yeah, uh, exactly. updating their, their, yeah. their, their, their shipping papers. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really when there's a flurry of activity. Uh, so then having a a high-speed internet connection is
0: uh, is very valuable Mm -hmm. absolutely that makes a lot of sense excellent so you know we've we've been talking about your your start from seven years ago that was focused on 3g and we move into lte with some bigger bandwidths um 5g has been on everyone's mind for the last few years Mm. we're just now seeing kind of uh you know the the um commercial deployments for 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 mobile providers um, we know that 5g provides larger bandwidths there's some different in in, in tower density um, but I wonder if, if you could help us work through some of the other sort of technological aspects of 5g beyond just uh, this is a, a sort of a higher bandwidth throughput potential um, yep. are there other potential benefits of 5g? i've I've heard a little bit about things like network slicing and whatnot. I'm not a wireless guy, so is, is there anything mm. you can sort of enlighten a, us on uh there
1: i mean five g as a technology is 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 a, it's a huge iceberg right what you see and then is the old what you see in terms yeah. of towers et cetera but what also is is the whole back end for telcos right so for telcos mm-hmm. yeah it offers a huge uh, benefit in terms of yeah slicing which means just cramming more stuff into the same uh network right Mm-hmm. Um, being able to provision much faster and cheaper and easier than, than, um, you know, with the, with the current systems. But, um, I think of course there is a lot of interest or, or, or attention, right. In the media about 5g super fast, you know, and mm-hmm. flying cars and all that stuff, but <laughs> yeah, we, yep. The reality is again for our space where we're in, which is the enterprise space, it's really about well, I just need reliable, um, you know, affordable uh, fixed uh, connectivity. connectivity. <laughs> exactly. Right. And exactly. Yeah. this is also where 5G delivers perfectly because
0: that's the first thing. It's not very exciting, mm-hmm. but it does the right. job. And um yeah. Uh, it's exciting if you have trouble getting, you know, internet connectivity to that site right now, right? So, yeah, it can be exciting, well, right? So, yeah. so
1: we, we do implement uh, a lot of 5G now. And we, of course, there's yeah. a huge differences between countries. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, interestingly, uh, yeah, I mean, Asia is was, was ahead of the curve, right? So, yeah, in Singapore and other places, we've done a lot already. Right. Um, and, um, but, but, yeah, what I mentioned before, it's, it's not just the speed, um, you know, mm-hmm. 100 meg is enough for 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 a retailer, or what? What else are you gonna do? It's right. really the reliability, and I think also the awareness now that at the CIO level, that yeah, really 5G. Now it's really when proof, right? It's enterprise proof. Mm-hmm. At three, it mm-hmm. definitely wasn't four right. in some use cases, but five. This is definitely at the level that that you can run your business on this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the acceptance uh, among CIOs is 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 very very high. Um, but yeah, the first applications might not be that sexy. It is just, you
0: know, mm-hmm. branch connectivity. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. But you, you do raise a, an important point too, there in the background, which is that um, when an enterprise is going about uh, selecting and deploying SD WAN, uh, you should probably make sure you're finding a solution um, that uh, can utilize 5G as as a transport technology. It's that's not universal, believe it or not. So, so that is uh, I think an important consideration that uh, you even if you're not there yet now, you want to think about future proofing that. You know,
1: absolutely. And. Yeah, with the most deployments, we always have a conversation with customers like, you know, you want to deploy this once unless you're but even if you're a retailer, right, you, you want to, mm-hmm. you know, just choose, select the, the technology which you can take along, bring along, you change sites, you have an event, you have the certain things, uh, pop up stores choose a device and choose a technology that you can use for the, for the years to come. So mm-hmm. most of the devices are basically 5G LTE right which um, and, and whether you use 5g or LTE at a certain location doesn't really matter um, but yeah this this is a technology which is uh, definitely future proof for the next um, you know three to five years that's that's what
0: we're um, you know what' we're, what we're trying to uh, recommend to our customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you mentioned um, uh, that deployments have been uh, a little bit ahead of the curve in Asia. Are you starting to see deployments in other developed mark- markets pick up? Um, what what uh, And I'll, I'll give you the caveat that, mm. you know, at telegeography, we track uh, there's sort of, uh, you know, kind of two major sides of telegeography. One's focused on the sort of consumer market. I'm over on the side, obviously, that's focused on, on the B2B market in general, the wholesale and enter- retail enterprise kind of stuff. We've seen a lot of five G deployments in the consumer market. We're kind of waiting on um, on fixed wireless plans. You know, something that works like a, a an ISP kind of broad business broadband plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, are yep. you starting to see those uh, emerge and, and develop? We've seen a little bit of increase in them, but uh, but it it still seems a relatively small part of the market.
1: It is still slow, and yeah. um, you know, so a, a truly local fixed wireless uh, offering. Uh, It's still very spotty. Um, Mm -hmm. So what we do, basically, we create our own. Uh, So yes, our offering to our customers is is unlimited. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's fixed pricing, right? So this is another important uh, differentiation from the mobile and from the IoT offerings out there. When we deploy fixed wireless, it's fixed speed, fixed pricing. So you say, hey, here's your 50 meg connection and you're paying 500 a month. That's it. And and that's that's why it's 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 so um, yeah comparable with with the other fixed options that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um yeah, we're you know but we've seen that before in the market, right we're we're always kind of waiting for telcos to see what they they build and what they come up with. and for us as a service provider is to kind of pick and choose the best options for our customers mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and leave leave to us you know to select what is the best one. Uh, for your particular requirements, um, I think. I mean, that's as as a, as a as an end customer is the ideal situation where you can say, "Look, mm-hmm. I need this for my business. You guys figure out which has the right frequency and right SIM cards. Right. You know, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to make sh- I would just want to make sure my 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 uh, branch has a good connection. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what we do on a daily basis.
0: Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's a you know I kind of mentioned this before, but it's a, it's a tough market wireless because you know in the in the, let's say you're, you're looking at DIA. Well, you can get DIA from a provider that operates in a dozen or or 75 or a hundred countries, right. You know, Mm -hmm. whereas um, with wireless, you really do have to engage almost always with, with a local uh, market um, because of, like I said, licensing and spectrum and all that. Uh, Do do you see, uh, you know, sort of um, a sufficient amount of competition out there in, in, Wireless, or do you? Are, are there changes you would like to see uh, that, in, at regulatory or whatever levels, as as someone who is the master of you know, kind of sourcing wireless mm-hmm. around the world?
1: No, I mean, I mean, we're we're ahead of the game at the moment, so we have a, mm-hmm. a you know, a, and a nice uh, lead in terms of this this field. I mean, we're the only ones who do it in this particular way in delivering wireless mm-hmm. access in a consistent manner around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think licensing or those type of things are the issues because at the end of the day, of course, it's still the telcos who build the networks, right? It is, right. you know, our job is to make it work as a service provider, um, to make it work for our, our customers and, and picking and choosing. Uh, we have over, you know, 100 different telco contracts to, to, to choose from mm-hmm. and from there on, um, yeah, so that that means that that an end customer doesn't have to worry about, uh, which telco in which location it is right. already in our portfolio. So, um, but it is, you know, it is a specialty. It's, it's again, that's what it is different from fixed. It is different from mobile. It is, you know, and it, it it's, it is still small, but, um, wireless access, fixed wireless access is now starting to become its own category. Uh, and in that right. category, blue wireless is, yeah, one of the first ones to, to now take this global
0: yeah I'm sure that uh you you would be one who probably agrees with my assessment at the beginning that we're we're definitely gonna see a lot of growth uh, uh in uh, fixed wireless as as a percentage of of enterprise sites out there um so uh, we'll let you know how that keeps developing as as we track it over the several uh, coming years here. so we're ready. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yes. Absolutely. Great. Well, you know, this has been really interesting. A um, uh, sort of review of this, and again, it's it's a major pain point. I know for so many enterprises, where getting wireline service uh, as a diverse option has has really been difficult as they've been switching to local internet breakout. So, I mm-hmm. think one that uh, that folks can can hopefully put to good use uh, from this uh, conversation here. So to wrap things up, uh, uh, any any parting thoughts or or ideas of kind of how you see this market developing over the next couple of few years?
1: No, it's 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 exciting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been in local access probably all my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> selling uh, selling uh, previously MPLS and then uh, internet broadband and now wireless, and it's right. um, it's just. Uh, uh, this is something that, you know, if, you, if you're if you a large corporate, you've got lots of access uh, requirements, you should be outsourcing, right? And I think, you know, mm-hmm. 80% of the market does that. Um, right. and, and wireless connectivity gives you that extra option, right? Um, it's not for everyone yet. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's a definitely early adapters, as we said, right? The customers that want flexibility, right. um, it's ideal. Uh, and customers that... Um, you know that have difficult locations; those are the the ones who are definitely now uh, switching to to, to wireless.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, mean, I could see the potential that that this becomes a a, a kind of standard uh, option, oh, yeah. at least as as a you know secondary, tertiary kind of connection for for a wide variety of verticals. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think, I mean, for uh, the, the other, the, the big enabler is SD-WAN, right?
1: So you need mm-hmm. to go exactly. to an SD-WAN environment. So we right. do still see a lot of customers that have MPLS and they got fixed, fixed this and, and static IP and, and, and it gets pretty complicated. But mm-hmm. if you're moving to an SD-WAN environment, then then wireless access, access should be one of your access options. You cannot right. uh, go without that anymore. It, it should mm-hmm. be, yeah, right, right there uh, from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like I said at the at the top, you know, we're watching this trend. You know, MPLS isn't going away anytime soon, but it is definitely diminishing as the center of the WAN uh, internet has been rising. And so, I, th- I think uh, as these fixed wireless plans um, uh, become increasingly available from the providers uh, and and from folks like you, mm. I really think that um, that that uh, we're going to see this increase rapidly over the next few years. So,
1: yeah, yep so exciting times ahead and um yeah anything branch uh, we call it branch and beyond so a branch mm-hmm. or anything smaller or anything that um that doesn't you know have a postal code uh, we can right. definitely uh, have a help out
0: excellent all right well ivan it was it was great talking to you before i let you go uh, how can folks uh, get in touch with uh, with you and blue wireless if they want to
1: yes so easiest one is our website bluewireless.com mm-hmm. um and uh, or mail myself, you know, Ivan at bluewireless.com and uh, happy to connect you with uh, the right people around the world to uh, to see how we can help.
0: Excellent, yeah, thanks very much. I'm, I'm glad I could uh, connect with you while you were uh, in Europe for a bit rather than your usual home base of Singapore. That makes it a little bit easier for both of us, so, yeah. <laughs> no problem, happy to do it. Uh, thanks for this. Thanks for listening. The WAN Manager podcast comes from the team at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. I also wrote the theme song that you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com. Or if you want to get right into more WAN content like you hear on the show, you can visit telegeography's WAN forum at WANforum.com. We've got all of our podcast episodes over there, WAN manager survey data, and extra analysis pieces. That's all for now. So until next time, win enthusiasts.